Hello, my name is Micah McCaw. My name is Jordan McCaw. We have been married for two and a half years, and you are listening to our (laughs) podcast, the The McCaw Podcast Podcast Universe. Universe. And this is a podcast where we take franchises. We dive in deep. We analyze those uh, 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 franchises. We talk about who's in them, how it was produced, how it was made. If a good movie should stay in the franchise or if it should have been taken out. We even sometimes think of little pitches on how to fix little things that maybe would have made the series better. We've covered Marvel. We've covered Mad Max. We've covered Shrek, Twilight, Harry Potter, Toy Story, and now today we cover May the Series Be Ever in Your Favor, which is going to be our series title for it, The Hunger Games, based on the young adult novels, and but we'll be covering the movies. Who wrote them? Suzanne Collins, which I'm going to be doing a little bit of a deep dive to set the stage for this whole thing. Um. Another thing to mention, if you're new to the podcast, and we hope you are either new or old and not um, exclusive of those two things, because that's impossible, um, we have been doing an overarching look at young adult novels that were transposed into movies in a movie series, and then how those series split the last book into two movies. And we talked about Harry Potter... You can listen to all those episodes if you'd like. Just scroll back on the timeline. And then kind of how that influenced Twilight. And then how Twilight then influences Hunger Games. And then there is another one coming, but we have to figure some stuff out first yes. before we do that one. Um, yeah, so that is setting the stage. What Anything you want to add to all of that? No. Should we talk about our experience with the, this franchise? Yes, we should. You go first. So I never I saw one the this movie um, maybe like two years after it came out because I remember the trailers for Catching Fire were actually pretty cool and I was oh, so like you thought maybe you'd want to jump in yeah but I think the movie was in theaters or had already come out and I was like that oh maybe the one I'll, I've seen <clears throat> is that the third one Catching Fire is the second movie oh maybe not and so I was kind of like oh maybe I can jump into the franchise. But I watched the first one, and I, I, I remember liking it, but not, not thinking much of it. And I was kind of like, yeah, that was a okay movie. And I, you know, if I see the other movie, I'll see it. And I never did. So last night was the second time I've ever seen anything from this series. Yeah. I would say mine's pretty similar. I, I, I know I had seen the first one. I'm pretty sure I've seen the third one, too. But I did not read the books. So, like, I don't really know where the one I was, the other one I saw falls into the story plot. Mm. Based on how the first one went, I do think it's the third one. Because I definitely have not seen the last one. Okay. Uh, but <clears throat> these books were really popular when we were in high school. Yeah. Um, I, I remember everyone reading it. And I kind of feel like... I, I just was like... I think it might have been reading Harry Potter at the time for the first time. And I just didn't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. So I, I I feel like I selectively chose to miss this series. Okay. That's how it feels. It, at the time being in high school, it is definitely possible that I was being a little contrarian about it. Yeah. Too, even though I had <laughs> no idea what, like what this was. Yeah. Um, I do remember being a little fascinated, like, Oh, dystopian. That's going to be like knowing that that was going to be a big thing. Yeah. Because it, it definitely has become a big thing. 
since then. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so like I, I have no attachment at all to the series at all. And I'm pretty sure I saw the first movie when I was in college. And it could even have been a situation where someone's like, you've never seen Hunger Games? Yeah. Let's watch it. And then I think I saw the third one because it had just come out on like DVD or something. Oh, okay. You know, something like like one of my friends was really into the series. So we watched it. But I was so I was so lost. So that is pretty much my experience with it. Okay. So this is my second time also seeing this movie. So this is probably the first series that we're covering that we, neither one of us are really familiar with. Definitely. Because I, mean, I, I didn't even know the author's name. Yeah. Yeah. Has well, she written anything else? So I I'm, I want to dive in on I this. I remember finding out that she was married to someone famous uh-huh. and being really bummed about it. And would you like to explain why? Because finding out that she had connections... Uh-huh. to to get her book published and it was i definitely found that out during a time when i was seriously like choosing the path of being a writer uh-huh. and like wanting to be you published. still are no, no no i'm saying it was like earlier on oh, okay and the I'm time like, that wait, i made are that you decision, telling me you changed no. your dream here no, no no it's like earlier on in that decision that i've made so mm-hmm. finding out that this woman i believe is married to like a producer she was married to someone in the in some kind of famous industry uh-huh um that and i hope i'm wrong it could even be possible that i'm wrong but once i found that out i was just like pretty bummed yeah because um it's not as inspiring to me because you will probably know more about this because you did research but like this is a woman who seemingly was not known in terms of books yeah like this was the first i could be wrong about you're wrong okay you're wrong cool yeah but i also uh her spouse doesn't even have a wikipedia page Okay, so but I, I think he was something. Uh, when I looked him up, he had like a credit on like unsolved mysteries or something. Like maybe I don't, I don't think he had anything. Cool. So that memory, well, the memory is true, but yeah, it hopefully stemmed from a time in my life where I like blew things out of proportion. Yeah, it looks like uh, she doesn't have any connections to the career through her parents or or who she was married to. So. Maybe you got her mixed up with someone else. No. I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, there's nothing there. Okay. As far as I What did she find. do, though? What did she do before this? So, um... Because that could be what I'm thinking about. Well, I think... Here's... I actually thought um, that you would think this is pretty cool, actually. Well, yeah, today I might. Back when yeah, I was, like, okay, 18. Yeah. Probably could have been bummed about it. So, she... She's always been a writer, as far as I can tell. Cool. Um... <clears throat> So she worked on some Nickelodeon kids shows as a writer. Cool. Um, like educational type shows. Um, she was the head writer for Clifford's Puppy Days television show. Hmm. I think that's pretty cool. She wrote her first fantasy series. And I think if you're a kid, this sounds awesome to me. So she wrote this fantasy series, and it's not nearly as pop- popular as Hunger Games, but it's pretty popular. And it's um about this character named... What's it called? I uh, Oh, I, I one second. It's called, well, I'll have to look it up. I don't, I didn't actually write down what it is called, but she wrote this fantasy series and it's about this character named Gregor and he go, he falls down. It's like kind of a spin on Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And he like falls down into the subterranean, uh, underland of New York city. Cool. And it's like a series about that. That sounds fun. And, uh, then she wrote a rhyming picture book 
And then she wrote um, the first Hunger Games in 2008. Was that other series a children's series or yeah, young the, adult? Yeah, the Gregor Underland was a so like this is a her first young adult thing. Yeah, I, nice. I think it's probably like that was like maybe more like middle school geared. It looked like nice, and I guess it has like a lot of fans, but it's not it's not to the level of Hunger Games. You more know? cult following, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I'm read sure whatever that, I read back then uh-huh. as a young naive dumb person <clears throat> was like I fixated on something. Yeah. And it was like wrote it off. Yeah, you know. And yeah. ever since then, I have never paid attention right to anything else. I just I when I was reading that, I was like, oh, this is cool. She wrote like kids stories, and then yeah, she wrote like cool. another kids stories, and it got popular. Like yeah. it looks like she just did her thing. Um, so now I'll jump into the movie. It's directed by Gary Ross, who directed Pleasantville. Sea Biscuit. Have you seen you've seen Pleasantville? No, I don't even know what that is. That's the one with Toby Maguire. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. is that that's the movie where it's like half in black and white or yeah. something like that? Let me confirm, but <clears throat> I believe you're right. Um yeah, I don't know anything about that movie except that for like cool. a shot I saw on um yep. CGI artists react on William Quarter H. Macy's in it. Oh. That's and uh Jeff Daniels. Oh. Uh, so it's a good movie? For my memory, it's great. Okay. Very cool. And I'm so it's like two 1990s teenage siblings find themselves in a 1950s sitcom where their influence begins to profoundly change that complacent world. Oh, that sounds very cool. Yeah. I remember it being really awesome. Well, anyway, he so he directed that. Um he wrote Big, the okay. Tom Hanks movie. Um he directed Seabiscuit, Free State of Jones, which was that recent mm-hmm. slave movie with Matthew McConaughey. And then the last thing he directed was Ocean's 8. So I would say they got a pretty big director Mm -hmm. for this movie. Yeah. As opposed to Twilight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that one was cool because they they finally had a woman direct something. No. No, absolutely. I just... They got got someone who's been around the block. Yeah. For this. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And what's really... I, well, I guess I'll, I'll save that for later. There's a very interesting fact about this movie. A really, really famous director did, like, second unit directing on this movie. Why? We'll get to it. Um, I'm just going to string along here. So it's produced by Nina Jacobson, who produced Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dolphin Tale, Crazy Rich Asians, The Goldfinch, and all the Hunger Game movies. John Killick, who uh, produced Inside Man, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, Foxcatcher, and Gary Ross. Amongst others, both of them have done more. Those are just some highlights. Um, the screenplay is by Suzanne Collins, okay. Gary Ross, and Billy Ray. And Billy Ray is wildly different movies, all these that I'm going to say. Some good, some horrible. He wrote them. <clears throat> yeah, so he wrote Richard Jewell. Okay. Good movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. As far as we know, bad movie. Gemini Man. A movie that a lot of people think sucked, but is pretty fun and a good movie. Overlord, the zombie movie. Yeah. Captain Phillips. And I never saw that movie, did you? Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, I'm the captain now. Uh, and State of Play, amongst others. And then, once again, another uh, composer that we've covered before, James Newton Howard. He's the Fantastic Beast guy. Yeah. Uh, amongst many, many other things. Uh, cinematography, we got Tom Stern, who did The Meg, 
American Sniper, Jersey Boys, Gran Torino, Mystic River. Most, oh, he's a Clint Eastwood yeah, guy. Most of Clint Eastwood's movies have been shot by him. And then production is Color Force, which is Nina Jacobson, who I mentioned earlier. And this movie is distributed by Lionsgate Films. So here's a question about yeah. producing. Mm-hmm. So that lady is an executive producer of this movie. Yeah. How I think she's she... just a producer, not executive Okay, producer. but why does she get a, her name and her production company? I don't know how that breaks down. Because okay. we had the same thing in the new Spider-Man movies. They're produced by Amy Pascal, who is like... yeah. Well, I guess she works at Sony, but it's like Sony produces them and she she gets a producing credit. Is that something you just lobby for? Probably. It's got to be. I wonder if it's like, yes, I'm producing it. Like my name is on the checks that I'm writing in a way. Yeah. But it's with the the business that I have. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? I'm trying I'm thinking of um David Heyman yeah. um from Harry Potter. Yeah. And watching the interviews and stuff, he was like in Harry Potter. Oh, so it's that like makes sense. his company, I forget what his company's called. Yeah. But it's like they produced it, but he was like the guy that they asked the questions. He that okays everything. Yeah. So it's not just his production company wrote them a check for ten million dollars. Yeah. 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 That makes like sense. Like they're hands on. Yeah. Or at least a lot of them are. Yeah. You know. Um I'm glad we figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> So it, uh, the movie's distributed by Lionsgate, which is also um, our previous franchise was distributed by Lionsgate. I can't remember if all of them were, but at least a couple of them were. Okay. Uh, the movie comes out March 12th, 2012. Kind of an odd time to release a movie. That's not always a great time, March. But um, then we have a budget. I of wonder s- if that was around spring break. Oh, it probably was. At least they were getting that. Yeah. Maybe it was a tricky year. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, 2012 was a crazy year. Yeah. Um, and they... It is interesting, though. I wonder what the blockbusters were that year. Yeah, I know we have Dark Knight Rises. That was a summer movie? And Avengers. Oh, it's smart that they did March. <laughs> yeah. Because that probably played until the beginning of the summer. Yeah. I'm so confused at, like, looking back at the years of movies. Because I don't remember Avengers and Dark Knight Rises coming out in the no. same year. No. I don't... like. But I don't, what month... Because I think that well, Dark Knight Rises was. Ju- I think I think Avengers, Avengers was, was May. I think Avengers was May, maybe June. Because think about it this way: we probably don't think about it that way because we saw Avengers whenever it came out. Yeah. And then by the time we were done talking about it or thinking about it, Dark Knight right came out. Dark Knight, sorry, the Dark Knight came out, and when that movie came out, we forgot about everything else. Yeah. Because that movie <laughs> is not defined by a year. Yeah. It's defined by the movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just so I feel like this happens all the time on our yeah. on this where we're doing something and I'm like, wait, Iron Man is 2008. That well, it's was, hard to remember like, who it wins best feel, picture. Yeah, because half the time it's not the best p- movie of the year. But we'll never forget Parasite. No, we will not. Um, so budget of the movie 78 million. The movie makes domestically 408 million ten thousand six hundred ninety two dollars. And worldwide, it makes $694,394,724. Pretty darn good. Um, in March 2009, uh, Lionsgate teams up with Color Force to do a co-production of the movie. Uh, Lionsgate hadn't had a profit for five years. Whoa, so they were selling their... Bad. Yeah. So they were selling their assets 
and reducing other films' budgets so that they could give this movie a good budget. So they were kind of cool. hedging all their bets on this yeah. movie. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And then they, oh, I'm sorry, they acquired Summit, and Summit yeah. is the Twilight yes. distributed yes. series. So the, I, when I was reading through it, there was definitely a thought behind the Lionsgate where they're like, Twilight was huge, and it ended in 2011, right? That or 12. This is eight, nine. Yeah, they did one every year. So okay. it was like, yeah, 12, I think, is when it ended. So they're like, this movie's making a ton of money. We can do that. Let's take budgets away from other movies. Let's make this big. Let's let's really make Hunger Games what we can make it. Um, uh, it's mostly shot in North Carolina, so they got a lot of tax breaks and stuff on that. Mm-hmm. Always interesting when someone shoots uh, not in L.A., breaks. New York, or somewhere else in the world. Um, so like Atlanta. <laughs> 80% oh, yeah, Atlanta, I forgot that that's the new boom as well. Yeah. Um, And then there was some online controversy about this movie. Um, And this is not super great. I, I, I bring this up because uh, it feels kind of tame compared to where we're at now with online movies and, and um, like the Reddit community and stuff. Yeah. But this is, um, someone from The Garden said this. Um, at a one May, The Guardian remarked that, so so the, in, in the movie, they they changed this character, at a one me, I don't know how to pronounce it, to um, a black person instead of white. Who is in the book. person? One of the characters. I think it was the... One of the contestants? Yeah. Okay. One of the kids. Um, and so people were like, you can't do that. You can't change the race Uh-oh. of a character. And so in The Guardian, they remarked, it comes to this. If the casting of Rue, Thresh, and Cinna has left you bewildered and upset... Okay, so it's those three characters, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, has left you bewildered and upset, consider two things. One, you may be a racist, congratulations. Two, <laughs> you definitely lack basic reading comprehensions. Comprehension. Sorry, I... I it sounded led, like there was going to be a third thing. There's well, there not. was... that. No, uh, there was like a something I put in there that doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. Um, That's fascinating. So that was a controversy. Yeah. Uh, and then in the New York Times, they said, uh, a few years ago, Miss Lawrence might have looked hungry enough to play Katniss, but now at 21, her seductive womanly figure makes a bad fit for a dystopian fantasy about a people starved into submission, which received... Huh? Some backlash because yeah? people were like, you can't hold this woman to this crazy standard. Like, that's sexist. So you're asking that's her sexist. to emaciate herself? Yeah. For this? For this? Yeah, which... For a young adult film? And I did not feel like they needed to do that at all. I She did not feel sexualized to me. No. Sure, she had boobs. No, no, no. He's not saying that. He, he's saying he's saying she looks like like it's it's supposed to be dystopian she should be skinny yeah 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 and she doesn't look skinny that's insane that's so sexist that's insane cuz he would not say that if a man said that no was was not no. skinny in a movie so dumb also she's pretty skinny yeah she's fine she looks great like yeah, she's well, <laughs> skinnier than most people yeah so, it's uh, because she's in shape physically for the role like yeah. she tr- obviously trained for yeah. this movie it's so dumb. Does that just make you mad? Both of yeah. those things. It's like shut up. And and I think about that though, where I'm like, that was a controversy. Wait till the last Jedi comes out. Wikipedia Gosh. for saying these are controversies. Um, but then we'll end on a more fun note. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Roger Ebert. Steven Soderbergh was second unit director, and he filmed a lot of the riots. 
Why? Did Steven Soderbergh and Gary Ross are good buddies. So he was just like, hey, dude, you want an easy job? I think Film so. Parts of the I movie. think I think not even easy job. I think he was like, "Hey, do you want to work on this project? It'd be cool to have you." And I you was can gonna do second guess, unit directing. I was gonna guess a director who may be really famous now, but wasn't so famous then, like Ryan Johnson. Oh, oh, Some, yeah, someone yeah. Like, like that, bolstering their resume. Yeah. No, it's uh, Steven Soderbergh, who at the time is. Huge. I mean, he's already done like the Ocean's movies and like a ton of movies that are huge. So he did it for fun, I think, like for That's experimentation. Cool. And um, thinking about that, and then seeing that Gary Ross directed Ocean's 8, I'm like, oh, this oh. makes a lot of sense that he would take over the yes. franchise at this point. Anyway, we'll get to Did that someday. Did you not look someday. up an Ebert review? Oh, wait. When did this movie come out? Uh, 2012. Oh. So I don't... Probably I, not one. I, well, I, I just didn't look. I was, like, I was like, oh, we don't have to do this every time is what I thought. You so. have been doing it every time for a while. Just, just, on, just on the last two... I guess that has That's been a, lot a long of time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will get started. Okay. So Jennifer Lawrence plays Katniss Everdeen. Her first credit ever is Monk, which I was talking about a couple of days ago with you in Sydney. Yes, you um, said she's in like a mascot I, outfit I, or something. One of the random episodes of Conan I watched. Mm-hmm. She was the guest, and she they were they did the classic late night thing where they were like, we dug up your this role that yeah. you were in that no one knows about. So she was in an episode of Monk. But she was wearing a mascot costume, so no one knows it's her. That's so. And weird. she was like jumping on Monk, <laughs> the um, titular Monk. Yes, she's also in a couple episodes of Medium, Winter's Bone, like crazy. She's in X Men First Class in 2011. Oh, which I did not know that. Well, I don't know why I would know that, but I didn't know she was in X Men before Hunger Games. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that either and she's like mystique which is like from my limited knowledge of x-men a big deal yeah she's a big character yeah she um just a side note if anyone's listening and wondering hate the hate the the new x-men movie so much and i so probably 2011 on yeah yeah she's in all the ones from that on but i i only actually saw first class and i was like laughing during the movie it was really bad She's in that movie called The Beaver with Mel Gibson. Oh, and Jodie Foster. Yeah. So was Anton Yelchin. Wow. Uh, member Grayson Chloe said that that was a very weird movie. I, I mean, hold on. A troubled husband and an executive adopts a beaver hand puppet as a sole means of communication. That's uh-huh. not a weird movie. Wait, can Is you... Is that s- a Charlie Kaufman movie? <laughs> can you look up the tagline? If there's any taglines to the movie, you know, you could scroll to the bottom. Because I'm sure it's got a couple of great taglines. He's here to save Walter's life. Oh, Not that's that weird. <laughs> um, okay. I thought it would be something like... This he, is interesting. He had a damn hard life or something funny like oh. that. Oh, I get it. Okay, so Hunger Games is in 2012. What's okay. the next role for her? You're not going to guess. American Hustle? N- no, but pretty good guess. Silver um, Linings Playbook. You didn't give me much time. I thought that, that movie came out like 2016. Yeah, that... That That's tracks for me. That tracks for me. This is a busy year for her. Hunger Games, Silver Linings Playbook, and House at the End of the Street. What is that? Which is a thriller. Oh, okay. Um, and then throughout. Okay, so this is it's worth going through because yeah. she's oh, a pretty he, big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to. She. So then, 2013 is when the next one comes out. Next Hunger Games movie. Yeah, Catching Fire. Same year as American Hustle. 
Okay. So it's like David O. Russell, you're my guy, potentially. Yeah. Well, no, definitely because she's in Joy. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's... but in two, so that was 2013. And then in 2014, a new, so X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah. And then she's in Serena. Serena. Yes. Which looked unbelievably boring to yeah. me. Yeah, another Bradley Cooper movie. That's yes. We're up to two now where they've yes. co-starred. 2015, the third uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. And then Joy. Uh, another... Which a movie I couldn't finish. Yeah. I was very bored. Uh, they've talked about that a lot in um, Blank Check. What do they think? And they're like, it is just such a slog, is what they say. Like, it's so boring. And they say the only good thing about that movie is Bradley Cooper shows up for like 20 minutes and he's just electric he and like a... almost makes you forget that the movie's bad, is what they said. Is he like her husband or partner or something? In real life? No, no, no. Enjoy. I just I don't remember the it. movie. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. I just remember the movie. It had a great trailer, though. Yeah, no, the movie, like, the trailer was great, and then it was, like, David O. Russell, and yeah. it's, like, he makes really good, like, character studies of yeah. movies. or at least we thought. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, he he does, because he has American Hustle, which I still think is really good. Um, Silver Linings Playbook, which I still think is yeah, really good. Yeah, that's a good one. The Fighter is really oh, good. Oh, The Fighter is, I like that movie a lot. So that's he's his good. best, probably. He's really good, but... So this movie, it's like, oh, it's, an, it's I mean, with those yeah. three movies in his background, <laughs> like this is a knockout. Yeah. It, it looks like it's about a woman being a woman and the, the struggle she goes through. Yeah. And it was so boring. It was <laughs> so boring and I couldn't finish it. Okay. 2016 X-Men Apocalypse. Also Passengers. Yes. Okay. Wait, Two, wait. What year are we in? 2016. 16. Okay. I thought that was like 2017 Passengers. Oh, I think I've missed oh 2014 was hunger games part one and then 2015 was hunger games part two okay i think i skipped that okay but then 2016 passengers okay 2017 mother yes and then 2018 red sparrow and then x-men dark phoenix and then she's got several upcoming projects can you just list anything that she's upcoming let's see because i'm kind of curious to see because i think i think she is in kind of a transitional phase right now yes i think so Um, too because all those movies after um, Hunger Games haven't really been that huge. I think Mother was, well, that one was, even when it came out, people were like, some people didn't like it, some people did. Um, and um, Passengers bombed. Red Sparrow was not good. Red Sparrow bombed. Um, Dark Phoenix. Oh, that was bad just short of them throwing it out of a interstate and claiming insurance or yeah. something like that she's apparently going to be Zel- play zelda fitzgerald in a movie about zelda fitzgerald who is that uh, uh scott f scott fitzgerald's wife oh. who famously um had mental issues oh that could be good who's directing it david o- ron howard <laughs> okay so it'll be it'll fine it'll be good <laughs> Um, and then she's in a lot of things. I don't know what these are. Untitled Jennifer Lawrence slash Amy Schumer project. Wow. Her next phase is going really well. <laughs> um, was there anything else that was notable? Nothing that I, I like. I'm just wondering if she's working with any like other good directors or anything. If there's anything we should be keeping no. our ear to the ground about. No. Adam McKay. Oh, what? Don't look up. Is that a the pair of astronomers one? try to warn everyone on Earth that a giant meteorite will destroy the planet in six months? Comedy. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's Adam McKay. And then another Adam McKay thing about an entrepreneur. That's a biography. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. She'll it be is fine. interesting. She is, she's, 
is going through a pretty interesting spot right now. Yeah. I she, hope they're, she they're makes for it a through. While. I hope she makes it through because she'll be fine. I think I wonder if what she needs to figure out now is um what kind of actress she's gonna be. Uh-huh. Because Red Sparrow and I know she's been in X-Men for a lot actually now. Like mm-hmm. that's both action heavy. I know Red Sparrow was more espionage, but like action heavy. Mother, I hope and pray that is short lived. Yeah. Cause I know that she's been in other, like it seems like another thriller. Don't want it. Yeah. Honestly, for personally for me. Partly hated that movie. Yeah. With a burning passion. And I don't want to see her in anything else like it. Yeah. Um, You're still talking about Mother? Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, I'll just stop talking it, about I mean, the, the cure to every actor and actress when you're in a, in a weird phase, uh, you got to just look, just ask yourself, what would Robert Pattinson do in a weird phase like this? And then do that. Because she should be in a Safety Brothers movie then? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I just what's so funny is I mean, really, after Uncut Gems, I every time that's my number one pick for any actor or actress I like, I'm like, well, the next thing they should do is a Safety Brothers movie. They're they're still young bucks. You yeah. can still get in with them, probably. Yeah. But I mean, I could see her just continuing to do the drama thing for a really long time. I would be fine with the drama. Yeah, I mean, I think I she's think, great. I think she's a fantastic actress, so I'm not worried about her. It's just there was that moment where it was like she is everything that people talked about, yes. and she's so like she is hot now. And oh, I mean she's that she won the, an Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, that's what it was. We yeah. couldn't remember, but she is a nominated for American Hustle, and she was also nominated in Joy. Yeah. So maybe cling to David O. Russell. No, do other stuff. Do other stuff. Yeah, but yeah, she was just like everything that was hot to talk about, and so that's yeah. It cool. would be it will so, be interesting to see her work with Adam McKay. Yeah, I would yeah. Love I to just want to see her work with other directors. And honestly, I mean, not that I'm an Amy Schumer fan or anything, but her maybe getting into comedy that could be interesting. I have seen from very few interviews that I've seen of her, she seems very fun. Yeah. So I think she would work very well in a comedy. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, let's cool keep this train rolling yeah so we have josh hutcherson yeah who plays pita like the bread <laughs> um he is from bridge to terabithia yeah i didn't see it loved that movie as a kid he has been around the freaking block he's been in a lot of tv throughout his childhood he is in howl's moving castle mm. i remember i think he plays the boy okay the little kid uh, he's in Kicking and Screaming. That's right. Really? He's Robert Duvall's son, Will Ferrell's half-brother. Been a long time. Can't remember that, but yeah. I hope it's, it's still a good funny. One. He's also in RV. Oh, I remember watching that movie at Jake Miller's house and him being like, this is a really funny movie, and I did not like it. Isn't, um, yeah, Cheryl from Curb, isn't it? Okay. Also, he is in Journey to the Center of the Earth with The Rock, right? Yes. No. Brendan Fraser. Brent, uh, <laughs> What's yeah. the one with the rock? It wasn't that, or that was, um, that was Race to Witch Mountain. That's what it was, which has the kid. Hold on. I, I need two phones right now to look this up. <laughs> I'm going to look that up next. Can you actually look up which, the Race to Witch Mountain? Yeah, I'm on it. Okay. I'm on it. He is also in, let's see, let's see. <sighs> He's in the movie Epic, which was an animated movie. He's in Escobar, the movie about Pablo Escobar that stars um, Guillermo del Toro. Um, 
Oh, the other kid from Hunger Games. Yeah, right? Am I right? Yeah, the bully. But before he got big. Alexander Ludwig. He's still normal size, right? I think so. I mean, I I don't... Okay, okay, uh, let me look. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just looks like a normal kid. I thought so. I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson also has a head of hair. So, funny story that I think Micah knows about. So, Uh the kid who he's talking about is the big blonde kid in Hunger Games who's like the bully during the games yeah that kid is in sandlot three <laughs> a movie in which when rented from blockbuster by the martinez family was watched at least seven times by jordan in the single renting time that's insane because do you know what how long it was was it a week or like a two-day rental or no it wasn't a two okay. sandlot three is a two-day rental i don't think so <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but the, the main kid I had a huge crush on and I was still pretty young that I wasn't willing to admit it, uh-huh. but that's why I watched the movie seven times. Oh. And I also think I had a little crush on that kid too. Okay. I'm going to look up this other competition kid. Okay. Also in 2017, Josh Hutcherson was in The Disaster Artist. He's also in Burn. Is it Sandlot the, um, heading home? Probably. Okay. I want to see a picture. Is it? No, I don't know. Let me see it. Let me see it. Okay, here. He looks like a dweeb. I could totally take him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Okay. Liam Hemsworth, brother of Chris Hemsworth, former boyfriend of Miley Cyrus. True. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. He is in a lot of TV shows at the beginning of his career. He is famously in The Last Song, starring Miley Cyrus, Based on a Nicholas Sparks book. Oh, okay. And so I think it's she has cancer. No. Are we going to no, do No, I think this? her dad has cancer. And guess who's the dad? Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear? Yes. Wow. Okay. Anyway, that's... So then it's like rest is history with them until they're not history anymore. Gosh, that was that was another thing that people talked about so much. Yeah. Um. Okay, so he's also in Love and Honor, Empire State, Paranoia, the Uh-oh. dressmaker. Uh-oh, it's getting worse. <laughs> He's in an episode of Workaholics. Oh, okay. Didn't seem to do much. He's in The Duel. Isn't it romantic, that Rebel Wilson movie? Oh, okay. Um, And that's kind of about it. Okay. Not as prolific of a career as his brother so far, but he's only... Who's his brother? Chris. Okay. Uh, he's <laughs> only like the, in his very early 30s, though. Yeah. Okay, then we have Stanley. Wait, wasn't Tuc- wasn't he in um uh oh Independence Day too? The um in what was that movie called? Independence Day out? Insurgent or yes, Resurgence. Resurgence, and he's in it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then we have Stanley Tucci, a oh. man that rivals but does not beat Brad Pitt's jaw. <laughs> he. Um, okay. Okay. Hang on. Hang okay. on. Hang on. Stanley Tucci is so good. He is such a phenomenal actor. He is so watchable. Anything he He's does, electric. he is so electric. I just love to see him in movies. And <gasps> he, he plays Her- Herb Kazaz and Bojack. No way. Are you? S- yeah, that makes, that makes so makes much sense. sense. <laughs> oh, he's even cooler. And he is just like in this movie. He's MVP in this movie. He's great. You take you take Stanley Tucci out of this movie, you lose an entire point for me. Have you ever Go seen ahead. a cover to a movie that looks this funny? 
Undercover Blues. Starring Dennis Quaid. <laughs> I would what? listener look up Undercover Blues and just look at that movie poster. Okay, so Stanley Tucci has been around the block. He has been everywhere. I'm trying to find a more relevant title, though. That's he's, not just a bunch of 90s, 80s, 70s He's in The stuff. Terminal. Literally just got on that movie. A movie Who that... Who is he in The Terminal? He is the airplane. He's he's the, like, manager of the airport that's trying to get Tom Hanks oh. kicked out. Which, oh. Folks, he's in the movie Robots. We love Steven Spielberg in this household. He rules. And we love Tom Hanks, but The Terminal is a very bad movie. It's so misguided and and I watched it so young that I didn't care if a movie was good or bad. Yeah, but even Tucci's still pretty good in it. (laughs) Um, He is, which I think a lot of people know him from, The Devil Wears Prada. Like, current day, maybe people our age. Okay, I'll watch it. You've never seen that movie? No. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, I've heard, it seems, it actually, it seems like I would It's a good Meryl Streep performance. Yeah. That's, that's from your wife saying that. No. He also was in an episode of Monk. Can you believe it? <gasps> Do you know who also is in Monk? Do you know who the police chief is in Monk? Um, no. The guy in Silence of the Lambs who's killing people. Oh, the... It puts the lotion yeah. in the basket. So when I, fu- I saw... I watched Monk, you know, way before I ever saw yeah. Silence of the Lambs. So when I saw the movie, one, that guy is a person who needs to have a mustache at all times. Yeah. He just has a face that needs a mustache. Sure. <laughs> Second, it was like in the show, he's very funny and sh- he's like the straight like, man. I, yeah. <laughs> it was not good for me. <laughs> um, okay. He's in Swing Vote. What just happened? Space Chimps. The Tale of Despero. Which okay, it, so Emma Watson in, is in that movie. The Tale of Despero. She's the titular mouse. Oh, cool. He's in Julie and Julia, another Meryl Streep movie. Uh. Um, he's also in The Lovely Bones. That movie, from my memory, is pretty dang good. I bet the, but it's also really sad. Okay. Stars Mark Wahlberg, directed by Peter Jackson. I didn't know that. Susan oh. Sarandon, Saoirse Ronan, Rachel Wise. Okay. And so it's about a girl who goes missing, uh-huh. and um, she's dead. And so you you see her when she she's like trying to lead her father who is mark Wahlberg, to her body Uh because they can't they can't even find her and it's really sad because she's like walking home from uh, she's walking home from somewhere and she takes a shortcut and this man Mm. suddenly appears out of like out of seemingly nowhere and he's like oh come down here in my little bunker he like created this weird bunker underground Uh in a field of nothing yeah and he's kind of showing her around stuff it's stanley tucci and oh. he kills her. And I heard the book is kind of graphic in terms of rape. Ooh, okay. Um, the movie I've heard uh, from my memory, pretty good in terms of father daughter relationship. Yeah. Like, and her, like, I'm sure that the, her being in like heaven or purgatory, wherever it is that she's in is so badly animated now. Yeah. But if it's Peter Jackson, I think it could be pretty interesting. I think the, I haven't seen it, so I can't say, and this doesn't mean this is true, but I think the like narrative kind of and critical audience opinion of that movie now is it's like a big wish that Peter Jackson did not adapt that movie. Interesting. And I did not read the book, so yeah. I, I can't have an opinion on that. Yeah. And I, so what is, when did this movie came out in 2009? I probably saw it in 2009 when I was 14. Yeah. 
And you know what, folks? If you come up to me and you go, Micah, what did you think of Lovely Bones? Maybe you give it to me and you have me watch it. And I'll go, I, I don't know, because if there's not three movies in it, I can't make a judgment on a movie. Yeah. Because we only talk about franchises on here. So not only is Stanley Tucci in Space Chips 1, he's in Space Chimps 2, people. <laughs> he's also in Easy A. I think he plays the dad. Really funny in that movie. Okay. So played alongside... Um, He's Patricia Clarkson, who is this lady, and she's freaking hilarious in that movie. You know who she is. She's in so much stuff. That's the girl from that we really didn't like from House of Cards. Yeah, she's hilarious in the movie. Oh, she's really? a good actress. Oh, okay. She's a good actress. She was horrible in that. So funny. Okay, then he's in Captain America. Because he's the doctor. Oh, oh we, we probably yeah! covered him, and I'm going through his whole filmography who again. Who cares? That's good. But he's you didn't a- mention that he's in Transformers. Must have just skipped it because I. I think I'm, he's in. Two. I actively choose not to. Well, one of these days to we're them. gonna have to choose to. We got to get our bay on, you know. So that's Stanley Tucci, people. He's also in The Wind Rises. We're oh, done. Cool. Looks like he's also in the Percy Jackson series. Sorry, guy. Um, okay, and then Wes Bentley, who plays like the showrunner. Great name. Yeah. Cool name. Yeah. Sounds like a car to me though. Yeah. Of Bentley. Yeah. But okay, so he's an American Beauty. He's an interstellar. Oh, yeah. He's in The Best of Enemies, which came out last year. He's in Mission Impossible, Fallout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, he's married to um, Ethan he Hunt's He is. He's, he makes um, a cameo appearance. Yeah. Appearance. Sorry. No, that that's like the best. Like, that's kind of who I see him as. I mean, in American Beauty, he's a main character. But in the other three, like Hunger Games, Interstellar, and um, that movie... He just like is a little bit of pepper you put on this uh, put on the salad and you're like cool. He's also a Knight of Cups. Don't oh, know what that movie what a is. Horrible. No movie. one else does. Horrible. Movie. Okay, but yeah, I remember watching American Beauty. That was a movie I watched because it was a quote unquote classic. Yeah. And um, it's weird to see Kevin Spacey do a role <laughs> that might not be far off from who he is. Yeah, I watched it and I actually really enjoyed it. I, I mean, liked it. It it's was not really very a movie. dark. It's not a movie you enjoy, but I, I yes. thought it was a good movie. Who did the movie um, again? Sam Mendes. Yeah. But um, I can't imagine ever watching that movie again. Me neither. I think I would... Even though I really do like... So, like, and his, his character's gay, right? I think so. And his dad is, like, pretty... Is, like, in a very abusive to him, psychologically. Yeah. Um, it's Chris Cooper. Yeah. Uh, I remember that storyline uh, being very, like, I haven't really seen it like that before. Yeah. Because, like, his dad was probably gay. Yeah, and right? he was, and, like, like, taking closeted. it out on his son. Yes. Yeah. That was... No, wait, was his son gay? Didn't he, like, get with Kevin Spacey's daughter? I think there's another character that is his son that we forgot about. Okay. Any, either either, either way, way yeah. it was, like, it was a storyline that I have not seen before. Yeah. That was, like... It was just an interesting illustration of I am mean to you because I am you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder if that movie um, is like really heavy handed being an adult now instead of being like just like 19 and being like all these movies I've never seen. It might be one of those movies where you watch now and you're like, we get it. Shut up already. You know, pretty uh, famous SNL sketch for Will Ferrell based on that movie. With him and... um, Sarah something Geller from Scooby-Doo. Okay. <laughs> I forget the mom, but they're eating dinner 
and uh-huh. they're like oh that one at, yeah that's, that's like based on american i'm pretty beauty? sure because i think in american beauty they're like at the dinner table and it's very that would make more sense because i've always been like oh that's kind of a funny sketch <laughs> but i was like i'm missing something yeah yeah they're really playing it up in the sketch obviously yeah, yeah. um okay elizabeth banks plays effie trinket who looks like the costume designers had a lot of fun yeah with her um she is in love and mercy people oh, she's so good in watch love and mercy i believe it's on hulu okay i need to watch the movie again we need a good cry it's about the beach boys brian wilson has and john cusack and paul dano yeah, Both and they play, play Brian him Wilson. in different times of his life, and it's one of the few music biopics that actually gets to the heart of an actual point besides, remember these songs? About people being exploited. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Unfortunately, Elizabeth Banks is the most recent director of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> but as an actress, she's done a lot of great things. I like Elizabeth Banks a lot. I do, too. She seems fun, too. And she looks she like does. she has fun in movies. Um, she is in Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. She's in Pitch Perfect, which I think, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, but I feel like was a huge resurgence for her. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like people really thought she was hilarious in those movies. Yeah. Could also be, I don't, I haven't like followed her career. Yeah. So I don't really know. But, um, she's also in that. She's in Movie 43. People Like Us. She's also in 30 Rock and 15 episodes of it. Must have Whoa. had a whole season arc um man on a ledge oh our idiot brother man on a ledge what a horrible movie a movie about a guy who's like gonna jump off of a building but he's Starring also or er. no it's the it's um it's um sam worthington sam worthington yeah and and uh i think the thing is he like secretly robbed a bank from like greedy corporate people or something but it's as boring as that premise sounds <laughs> yeah She's in Role Models. Oh, yeah. Mm. She's in Power Definitely Rangers. Maybe. Definitely Maybe. The movie. Brightburn. She's in Brightburn. Yeah. Spider-Man 3. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, she's in all the Spider-Mans. She's in Slither. The Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. She's in a James Gunn movie that we still need to watch. Mm, okay. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Um. She's Betty Brant in the Spider-Man movie, so in case anyone's wondering. Oh, I guess I should do Woody Harrelson. Have we done him? No, we haven't done Woody Harrelson. Okay. This time, you're taking more time than my production and notes. I'm done with it. <laughs> Woody Harrelson has been around the block. They got some big names for these movies, people. Unlike Twilight, it kind of makes sense that they were taking budgets away from other movies to ensure that this movie did well. Yeah. So he is in Natural Born Killers. He's in Cheers, people. He's so famous, he was even in The Simpsons. <laughs> He's in Kingpin. Hilarious movie with, with uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> really funny movie that you should watch with my dad sometime. It's a big Scott movie. I'll have to wait till we're allowed to yeah. see him again. Okay. He is also in True Detective Season 1. Oh, the wow. best season of that show well it's no question yeah he's also in austin powers the spy who shagged me oh you know what in a blank check uh someone mentioned that they might i i think they were talking with their guests and like the guests and david said that they might like season three better than season one of true detective and i was like what you're like um you made it through season three (laughs) Uh, you didn't fall asleep yeah uh 
You didn't get to, to episode three and finally have this awakening of, why are you asking this much for me for a show? <laughs> you shouldn't be asking me for anything. Like asking me for anything. I'm watching the show. That's enough. Let's throw this at people since we're here. What the heck? This is just a long ep. Um, the TV right now has become... Uh, actually, I think it's starting to swing back. Yeah, I think um, so too. But like traditionally, TV is like episodic you tell a story and then act one act two act three and then it became like oh we can tell longer stories over a season and then because we release a whole season at once no no, i'm talking like back then like no no i know i thought you got to the before we're talking just episodes and then it's like we can tell a whole thing and then eventually it's like we can do mini series or we can do you know breaking bad one huge long story or the sopranos or whatever and then eventually it's like with streaming they're like people can binge shows so now what we can do is we can tell a 10-hour movie yes, instead of 10 episodes. So you watch something, and this, this actually ruined a lot of TV shows for Jordan and I, because I read an article called um, TV's Too Damn Long, well, I think last year, maybe the year yeah. before, and it just totally opened my eyes where like there were several shows that we started, and we watched the first episode, and if I told you the plot of the show, it would be like... Um, House of House on Haunted Hill. We watched that first Haunting of Hill House. Haunting, Haunting of Hill House. We watched that first episode and we were like, what happened in the first episode? A fan we met like eight different characters. That's it. Yep. There was like kind of some spooky stuff, but there was nothing to like actually capture me, but they're like you're on Netflix, you're going to press. We have it automated to start the next episode within, in 5 seconds. Within 5 seconds. And then with True Detective season 3, we watched like three or four episodes and we're like it is telling this this story so methodically and so boring, and it's in three different timelines, and I can't keep it straight. And we're pretty competent movie and TV watchers, and it's like, no. It's clear to me that this, what was it, probably 10 episodes? Yeah, it was a 10-episode season. It's clear to me that this could have been a five-episode story. Oh, yeah. So clear. And it was like, whenever they introduce a new ep- uh, character, it's like, oh, great now i have to f- learn about this person like and i don't understand what what they were telling because yeah. like i could even say that in true detective season one yeah it was about children being like taken advantage of of course yeah. it was also about a man not willing to let go of his failed marriage and daughter yeah and then another man who was unfaithful and learning to like like try like struggling with his unfaithfulness yeah very very clear this one, like season three, it's like a guy was didn't have dementia in this timeline, still doesn't have dementia in this timeline. Okay, this one he does have dementia because he has white hair. Yeah. That's like how all I know how to like differentiate <laughs> yeah. that show. And even when it, it, it's like these things should have been so interesting. It had like all of the markings to be such an oh, interesting yeah. and season. And you know, if you're a listener of this show, you know how much I love uh, like detective and noir stuff and in, it, it, in it, movie and TV. Cinematography was pretty dang good. Yeah. Acting was they great. They got wonderful actors for it. Scoot McNary but was awesome. But even remember, because it's like these children go missing. Yeah. And so remember when they were like looking through their rooms and stuff and they found the hole in her wall and it's like, yeah. ew, gross. What was going on? Yeah. And they resolved it pretty quickly that nothing was going on. Yeah. And it was like, why didn't you drag that out for a little bit? Or, or like... Or like make it significant. Make it, a, it like, a rabbit trail about something. Yeah, and it's like, okay, cut that? Yeah, and it's it, like whoever... Okay, so whoever... Yeah, they should have just cut it. That should have yeah. been the thing. But if they wanted to make it something more, it's like, okay, something wrong was going on. 
So they're going to look into that person and then that's going to blow up a person who like a person part of a system of people who have been doing very wrong things for a while. Yeah. Like in True Detective Season 1 about children. Really awful things happening that went to a government level. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously we didn't even get very far. But well, it's because and, and they the, were asking too much of us. Yeah, and, and, and like as an as a example of... Because, yes, you can tell like a longer story, but I would think of Better Call Saul as a really good example yes. of a current show where like when I watch an episode, they, they do tell a complete um three to five act story that like has ebbs flows and everything and it all serves like a larger story that you could look at the whole season and be like season one is the beginning season or episode four is like the climax episode you know you could tear it apart like that breaking bad was also brilliant at that where they, they would actually do something in an episode which something that is so important too in writing succession too Succession they did that too. Well, so well. It even goes along with that. Give me people I want to care about or people that I shouldn't be rooting for. But yeah. the thing, like, so with Succession, for example, it's a pretty terrible family. And mm-hmm. that's the interesting part is this really successful, interesting family. Yeah. Like constantly being thrown like problems and trying to fix them. And you, through those problems, you start to understand that they are people and they have feelings. Yeah. Therefore, I'm starting to care about some of them. Yeah. Not all of them. Depends on the episode because they, each episode was a new thing. Yeah. And then, same with Breaking Bad, Walter White, a good man doing a very bad thing to the point where he became a bad person. Like, almost innately a bad person. So, True Detective Season 1. We have Matthew McConaughey, who we know is very troubled because his acting is so good. Yeah. But then throughout the season, it has developed like he has gone through some S. Yeah. And it's very sad. Woody Harrelson also has his weird own selfish struggles. Therefore, I care about him. Yeah. Because I want him to overcome his struggles. True Detective Season 3. Mahershala Ali. Don't remember anything about him other than he met his wife at some point. Yeah. In the first timeline. And then at some point, she died. Yeah. Maybe she helped. I think she was a writer. Yeah. She wrote some crime novels. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many ingredients that are good. I I don't know what she did to help him or help the story. Like, at no point did she affect, from my memory... And the first you three probably episodes. had to wait till like episode six to find out the payoff of something they set probably. up in episode one. And then his his partner was a dude that was definitely he was the bad cop. Yeah, because he would hurt people for information. And I don't even remember going into his storyline. Also, the episodes were like an hour and fifteen minutes long too. Yeah, they were. It's just too long. Yeah, like get over it. But that guy, I couldn't even care about him. Yeah. When Intruder Detective season one, I cared about Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey so much that I started caring about Woody Harrelson's family. Yeah. Because I was understanding and relating to their struggles. If that makes sense. Let's talk about the movie now. Okay. (laughs) Um. So. Hunger Games. We're an hour into this episode, and now we're going to talk about the movie The Hunger Games. And maybe you're thinking, man, they must not have liked it because they are putting this off till an hour in. I liked this movie. I think it's a good movie. <laughs> it's like apparently we really needed to get some True Detective things off our chest, I and we guess. didn't even talk about season two. Well, you never saw it. right? I know, but we could have. You, I could have probably still have said something. Okay, okay, about we're it. not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk going about to. it. We're not going to. So, um. We meet our character, Katniss. Quick aside, all the character names in this series are horrible, and I hate the character names. That's not the movie's fault. That's Suzanne Collins' fault. And if she'd like to come at me on that, you can follow me on Twitter, Suzanne Collins. No, 
uh, the names are just horrible, and it's kind of it's insane. I think to they're me. just trying to be memorable. Yeah, and I think they're like you said, trying to be like um, different, like unique. futuristic. You know, like yeah. in the future they named him Katniss, and it's like no. Now I'm just thinking of a cat. Uh, that's dumb. Um, so meet our character, and we see that there is this uh, game that goes on where they have child- two children from each district, one of each uh, male, one female, and there's 12 districts, and they fight in this, uh, uh, like, arena kind of thing. To the death. To the death, and there's only one victor. And the idea is that there was a rebellion 74 years ago, and they started this whole thing, and it kind of keeps people entertained. It gives the districts hope, but not too much hope, which I love that idea. We'll yeah. talk about that more later. Um, and, and it has them, it just keeps everyone in line and entertained and keeps them from fighting the government. Great concept for a story. It seems like by putting people in districts, they keep certain people in poverty as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a class structure because especially when they get to the capital, like especially PETA's reaction, he's like, I've never seen anything like this. And, and they put so much emphasis on them eating food for the next like 20 minutes yeah there's so much of them eating food whereas in the the beginning of the movie she's like struggling she's excited to get bread she's excited to get bread and she's like oh is this real when um gail gail like (laughs) gail gives her food just reminds me of gail from bob's burgers (laughs) which one is that that's linda's sister oh (laughs) (laughs) it makes me think of gail from breaking bad that's a better gail yeah but um so as for oh sorry well go go ahead okay uh just one one thing um especially because we just finished twilight like i'm very impressed with how the world is really thought out yes and you can tell that suzanne collins i'm sure if you read the book you'd have even more context yeah but something as simple as like she's about to shoot that deer at the beginning of the movie Uh and he comes up and he's like how do you even how would you even be able to sneak that into camp and she's like oh i was gonna sell it to someone and he's like you're gonna sell it to the officials they're not gonna buy that you'll get in trouble and you're like oh there's like so many implications to that statement Mm -hmm. that that talk about like how this world works yes very cool it's showing not telling even i mean obviously he's saying that but they're not like it's it's they're not not like like, rule number one (laughs) yeah yeah um so we we talked about this as we were watching the movie but a lot of shaky cam especially in the beginning Mm -hmm. um a filming style that i'm not very fond of although i understand why they use it yeah that's a very like personal um lens to see uh and it makes things feel intense yes so i think it works even though it's not my favorite i think it works we were thinking that it was a little too much though yeah, I think it's um I think as a whole it's too much and I think that there's a little too much editing as well. I agree with that. Like um, cuts, too many cuts. Yeah. yeah. Like but I I could imagine if if maybe a world where say they're if they if they did something a little more interesting with the shaky cam like really saving it for certain moments. Like, it would have been cool if the first part of that movie was, like, all dolly shots and all still shots. See, I was just thinking about that, but I think that it's well, good that... Okay. let me finish the thought, because I think you'll like this. Like, they all dolly shots and all that stuff, and then when they get to where they're starting the reaping, then it's like the camera comes off the dolly, and it's shaky, because you'd have this, like, oh, you'd, you'd feel this natural, like, this is more intense than See, what I saw before. See, this is my before. my argument against that. Yeah. Doing the shaky cam from early on, it's to give you a sense of uncertainty, which seems like that's a that's their daily basis 
True. Is waking up every morning not knowing when their next meal is. True. And I feel like that's a type of disorientation that they're providing. I think they just as easily could have done the dolly and it would have looked... It would have achieved a good, different effect, too. Yeah. But that's I think a good point. That's an, uh, a oh, thing that I understand that they were doing. Yeah. But... So let's talk about the reaping. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that this clips along. The story clips along. Oh, they yeah. They do not yeah. spend too much time on things. Yeah, we actually... Funny enough, folks, we... So... Um, we were watching it from a recorded from TV AMC and we were watching it and I was convinced that we missed a bunch of stuff. So we got on iTunes and bought the movie. We bought it no, or rented it. Oh. And then we were watching it and we hadn't missed anything. So we could have just kept watching the recorded version because yeah. we were like 20 minutes into it. But it seemed like it was moving too fast. I, I was actually going to compliment the movie, but I was convinced that it was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we watch it, and it's like, oh, no, they just get to the point. Yeah. And I love that about it. Um, the reaping's really cool. Elizabeth Banks shows up, and she's so drastically different than all of the, like, peasants. We were, I, we were talking, too, that a lot this district, because we didn't really see any other district. Yeah. Um, they're wardrobe was very um holocaust time to me yeah the like gray and blue kind of thing well even the style yeah from pictures that i've seen and um yeah it, it just looked like they lived in a ghetto yeah and they were wearing 40s period outfits mm -hmm. and everything was very washed out and they even say like there's that scene before where her mom is saying, like, Where, I made you your best clothes. So that's, like, the best they could come up with is these, like, washed-out gray, not-good-looking clothes, uh -huh. which says a lot about the world as well. Uh -huh. um, the reaping scene is great. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And yeah. it's it's very intense when she volunteers as tribute. Yes. It's very emotional. And, and I like that the music cuts out for all of that. Yes. Until, um, I think, until PETA is drawn. Yeah, I think so. And his reaction is fantastic. He's so yeah. He he can't believe it. And Elizabeth He's Banks so excited. just <laughs> playing like her that weird like woohoo like can you guys believe it you're gonna be a part of this yeah. And, um, that's that's when watching it this time I'm like oh am I gonna like absolutely love this movie because this is amazing so far yeah. Um, so they're chosen and also I will mention Elizabeth Banks hits a microphone on stage, and it does not feed back, which is fantastic. This movie scored extra points. Because every movie, when they grab a mic, it always goes, Ring! no matter if it would make sense or not for feedback to happen. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And if you make a movie, please don't put it in there. We get it. We know what a mic does. You don't have to like alert us to its capabilities. I also like the hand signal. I think the hand signal's cool. It's very iconic, I think. Mm -hmm. Um... She. It's interesting that they're taken immediately from their district of seeming poverty into a train that is full of luxury. Yeah. A, a, something that something so nice that they're like, don't really know what to do when they see it. Yeah. And not only that, I think that they spend a good amount of time showing their shock. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. When they get on the train. And um, I'll just say now that Jennifer Lawrence not only her, but like the character of Katniss is so refreshing. Yeah. Cause she, this is a young adult book and the main character is a girl and she is so confident, strong willed and like with a head on her shoulders, but she is not made to look like a bee. Yeah. Or someone who's like stupid for being so confident. 
and, and it's like, not like the the Black Widow from like the Phase One Marvel, where it's like I'm a girl and I can kick bad guys. Nope, they don't even really comment on that kind of stuff. And she's at just all. there. She's and there. She just rolls and she's great. Yeah, hey, that's a very good point. Um, Woody Harrelson shows up as like their mentor, and he won one of the previous games. Um, where do we land on his performance? I don't know. He you don't know? doesn't look. He looks like a guy who hasn't had hair in a really long time. I hate it when people have hair and it's just in their face. Oh, yeah. Because it's not believable to me. Oh, that, the, yeah, I don't understand that, really. But, uh, yeah, I mean... As a bald guy, yeah. As a bald guy, yeah. Um, He's also a bald person and it looks like he hasn't had hair for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, it's true. Um, his performance is a very Woody Harrelson performance yeah. to me. I think he's phoning it in. Really? Okay. Honestly, a little bit. I'll, but I don't really care. Yeah. I I think there's, like, a couple moments where I, I couldn't tell... If it was him or maybe, like, the other actors, like, reacting to him. But I think by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I also feel like in the coming movies, he'll probably be even better. Yeah. Like, a little more lived in the role. Yeah. Um. Whatever. What about Lenny Kravitz? Kravitz, her uh, costume designer. Didn't know that that was Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. I've heard that name several times throughout my life and have finally discovered who this person is. Also, what kind of musician he is. Yeah. And it has kind of changed player. my opinion on Zoe Kravitz for the and good. Singer. So yeah. in terms of his performance, sure, he's fine. He's a person that exists in this movie. Whoa. Okay. I, I think a lot of it for me is I did not read the books and I did not participate in the Hunger Games culture when it was popular. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it I just will never understand. Yeah. Even, yeah. So it's like, yeah, he was good. I think that he provided... A comfort to her when she didn't have comfort anymore because she wasn't both her sister. So he was someone who saw her for who she was. And he provided like some of the humanity to the situation when like Woody Harrelson's job was to prepare her. So mm-hmm. that wasn't really his job to comfort her. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Banks character was just kind of like, whatever in terms of like, she was not there to provide really anything other than a face. Yeah. Um, so then there's like the tribute parade and I like, I really like the idea of them really the, these people like dragging out, um, the contest like d- until they get to the battle. Yeah. And it feels like, Oh, this is like how it would be if it happened today. Yeah. You know, they, you know, like there's like this eccentric guest that or host that like talks to them all and asks them how home was and is very jovial and fun. Um, and then, you know, they're paraded in and they, they get lit on fire and stuff like that. And, um, the whole, that whole procession was crazy bad. The effects. Effects. Yeah. Which is like, what else were they, you go back to that time, they do the same thing. And honestly, (laughs) I probably wouldn't blame them. So it just is, does not age well. Yeah. There's quite a few effects in the movie that look like they were in like attack of the clones. Yeah. As far as like the landscapes behind them. I think they were just trying to make it really, really, really big. Cause I feel like the only way around that would be just to bring the scale down. Yeah. But they were really committed to keeping it big. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if that's the world you want, I am fine. Yeah. It just looks kind of dumb now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there's all that. Then there's the, and again, Stanley Tucci is amazing in that. Um, there's the training montage and and then they they start exploring the idea that they're like trying to get sponsors that will like bet on them and like send them stuff in the games yeah which i think that idea alone is like a fantastic idea yeah um and it just feels it just feels so opposite of like 
you know, Stephanie Meyer with like, oh, here's a vampire. In this movie, they have to do this. And I guess the people of Fork don't notice these people. It just feels like this is actually thought out. And 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 it has the, you know, the Shirley Jackson lottery story kind mm-hmm. of influence on it. I would it. also, if anyone's read the series and really enjoyed it, I would highly recommend The Running Man by Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, very similar in terms of themes. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Jordan is the Stephen King expert. That is the the Hunger Games equivalent and the Stephen King uh, bi- bibliography. Yeah. Or maybe the opposite, because he wrote it first, right? Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, when we saw the big blonde kid, big boy blonde, we're n- we were not into him. Uh, I think that he probably accomplished what he was supposed to by being like, I'm big. I have swords. I punch. Uh, very tropey. Yeah. So it's like, sure, you got to have that in a movie about physical strength. <laughs> Don't really care about you. If it his, was very laughable. Yeah. If his haircut was different, I think it might be a different story. That he is a product the, of its time. I he think. has the skateboard ramp. Yes. On the on the front of his head. Um, he kind of like as I'm watching the movie, I haven't seen him in anything else, but I'm like, oh, this is like a kid actor who's like a teenager Absolutely. now. I, I don't. Yeah. Because Je- 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 uh, Jennifer Lawrence is is really really good. Yes. I mean, she's great in this movie, and so when you're around some of the kids, you're a little like, oh yeah, like not everybody is her. Like yeah. she's a lot better at acting than. <laughs> I think that Josh Hutcherson plays a really good job of like he kind of knows his place. Yeah. He knows he's not yeah. the best. So he's trying to figure out non like non fighting strategies to survive. Yeah, I I think that is very interesting. Yeah, and um, so let's just get to the games, right? Yeah, Be, when I first saw this movie, like I think all the books were out of this time, right? I believe so. Yeah, it, it was either the first one or a couple of them were out. I thought that the whole series was about the Hunger Games. Like I thought the <laughs> all of the books were going to be about them in this fight. I think I did too. So yeah, when this, when I saw this movie and it ended, I was like, whoa, what are these other movies going to be about? Yeah. And then I never paid attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, then the games begin, um, and it's been a nice buildup. I feel like they do a really good job of taking their time and not trying to rush to get to the games, but also oh. not, not just like having all these obligatory scenes no. that are just like, Oh, here we go. Here we they go. They all pretty go. much make sense. I yeah. think one of the biggest things that happens before it, like right before it is when PETA declares his love for Katniss. Oh yeah. And her reaction is really that. pissed. Yeah. Which I it. like that. Yeah. And she is like, he did it for, um, people to like them. Mm hmm. I mean, obviously, it seems like he does, he does really like her, yeah. but um, it does work, like, it will work for them in the future, and it's just interesting that that will, like, that yeah. that's true, that people will favor them more. And I, I really like, because, again, not having remembered the specifics of the movie, I was kind of like, I'm not looking forward to, like, the love in this series, but the way it's presented in this movie and is really interesting, actually, because it's used, it's a political like play and it's like mm-hmm. a survival play you know what i was just thinking of how kind of this, this movie so far this first movie is very similar to snowpiercer in this way there's no rule set up obviously snowpiercer is not about people fighting to the death for uh-huh. for ratings but in that like the snowpiercer the story is linear in terms of physically they're linear like going through a line 
up yeah. to the beginning and it's like districts going up through the districts oh, and okay. everything's getting progressively better uh-huh. throughout throughout that yeah random thought of the episode <laughs> um so then we get lifted up into the games the big moment and um there's all these like weapons in the center area and woody harrelson warns her that's a bloodbath don't go over there and he was right yeah there's a lot of blood in this movie <laughs> i know there it's like pretty violent and children getting killed yeah and i think it's i think it's kind of like cool that they allowed like the the mpaa didn't make them you know, makes sense. I mean, it's not like an insane amount of blood. It, it makes sense PG thirteen wise, but being murdered. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so strange. And and seeing blood is always kind of weird in a PG thirteen movie. And not not movie. super bright red blood. Yeah, like you're seeing blood the color that it is. Yeah, um, but it's it's kind of graphic. Um, and it feels pretty intense. And I think this part, the shaky cam and the editing, yes. work the best. Yes, because it's so disorienting and it's like really shaky and it really shows you like what jennifer lawrence is going through in this sequence i don't know what it was like in the book in terms of description but the outfits are like cool man they're basically just wearing rain jackets because they could have they if they wanted to because of hollywood they could have gone sexist i know like they could have shown women womanly figures and like guy muscles and i'm i'm glad that they recognize that this is about children yes and well and also that that is almost always a sexist thing to do yes um so maybe we shouldn't do that yeah because they just look like normal kids right so you know the games begin throughout the games uh we're you know she she is just like avoiding people and that's her strategy and there's a lot of just cool stuff like the control room i like the control room and seeing them behind the scenes like oh she's too far things. this way let's start a forest fire to push her back in so that she'll get in a fight also thought it was really interesting when they said that most people die from exposure yeah rather than nice actually touch. being killed yeah. yeah um you know there's like the cannons that go off anytime someone dies mm-hmm. and like the news report that happens that's interesting there's cameras everywhere um and then there's these she gets treed basically like an animal yeah in the movie and um there are these like yellow jackets called um tracker jackers yeah and uh they're genetically modified wasps yeah and they can like make you hallucinate or or kill you yeah (laughs) and she like saws off this branch because this other kid points it out to her and it, it hits it hits where these people have treated her at and one one person gets killed by it and, and like gross yeah she looks all bumpy and stuff and jennifer lawrence has been stung a few times i like the hallucin the hallucinating sequence thought it was very cool looking yeah, yeah. i liked when it would it would cut to her face and it would be like jagged you know yeah, like yeah like and like skipping. sometimes replaying the like what she already just did yeah like in a couple of frames yeah and the yeah it's i really liked it it was a really good job yeah it was very very cool um and then when when um pita found her and was like you need to run you need to run now and she hallucinated to seeing um her mother remember before she left it very interesting so she's saying goodbye to her sister and then she goes to her mom and she was like listen to me you will (laughs) not go mute like you will not be silent because it you it's revealed to you that when her dad died 
her mom stopped being a person. Like she stopped being a mom. Yeah. So then you learn also she raised her sister. Her mom didn't really seem like she was present, even though physically she was present. Yeah. So she was saying like, you will not be weak. Yeah. And it, I, it was just like so descriptive of that family dynamic. That's all we needed to know. That's all we needed to know. And it happened within 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, halluc- her hallucinating, her telling her, like her trying to get her mom to see her. Yeah. And you even see before that, her dad going down to the coal mines, like him and a group of other men who all of their faces became her dad's face. All of them yeah. dying. And I just, that explosion sequence was very cool too. They do the reverse thing, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, so she befriends um, someone from District 11, and that kid gets killed Rue. a little bit late. Rue. Okay. That's Rue. Okay. That's the controversial Rue. Um, it made such a big difference that she was uh, not white. Oh, brother. It's great. Um, did that sound weird? <laughs> no. I just oh. think it's sometimes kind of weird that even in a book, you would have to say what gen- what not not gender what um race someone is yeah i w- you could also like she probably didn't i mean i've not read the books but i'm a, like it's possible that she didn't even say what race this girl was yeah and people are like well that means she's white yeah <laughs> um anyway so uh she gets killed and in district 11 like the actual district the they start a riot because they're so upset at like what's going on and and the fact that Katniss has helped this young girl and like puts all these flowers around her and like treats her like a human instead of an animal that she's hunting. Um and then when you see that riot happen and you've seen all this behind the scenes stuff with um Donald Sutherland yes. and Wes Bentley and you're like Oh, I could see where this series could go. Yes, because this is very interesting. Yeah, and like Donald Sutherland's whole speech, where he's like, "You can give them a little hope is good, but a lot of hope is dangerous." And then when he said, "Have you ever been to the districts ten, eleven, twelve? And Wes says, "Not personally, no." And he's like, "If you did, you would find that you wouldn't like relate to any of those people, or you wouldn't." Want oh, I don't even to. You remember that. Want to. Yeah, he says he says something like that, like almost like you wish you had, wouldn't have been there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, very cold. Yeah. So all of that is very interesting and you kind of can see where the series could go, but it doesn't feel like they're trying to set up more movies. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, still feels self-contained to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we have the whole thing where she gets, she finds PETA who has an amazing um, ability to blend into trees like so insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, we were just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they they go into this cave. He's terribly hurt, like bones sticking out of him. Yeah, hurt. and and they get a sponsor. They get some medicine, and then there's this whole thing where like they change the rule to two people can win as long as they're in the same district because they want to like give people hope because there was this riot. So they're helping them out, and then um. Uh, Woody Harrelson sends a message like, you call that a kiss? Because she had kissed him on the cheek. And so like this love thing is all a show, at least for Katniss, which I think really interesting. A lot to dive into there. Which I'm sure will be explored in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. Because it is revealed, it's shown in this movie that Gail has feelings for her. Yeah. I don't. I didn't really get a sense from her. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it either way. But you like he definitely, like it would cut to him. Yeah. Watching and definitely feeling bad. Yeah. Um, 
So then they change the rules. Then there's the big like fight. There's these weird bat dogs that attack them. Human face dog things. Yeah. And um, I remember that those effects being horrible. And they're not the best, but they actually weren't horrible. I think for the time they were fine. Yeah. They're not going to age well. And, I, you know, if I had adapted it, I would have made it a different threat that couldn't that didn't have to be CG'd as much. Um, and so they both win and then they're like, actually, we've changed the rules. You guys have to kill each other. So they find these, they have these poison berries and they're about to eat them both. And they're like, okay, three, two, one. And then they go, stop. Okay. You both win. Yeah. Very cool. Nice little twist. There's enough of those like little twists that you're like, oh, okay. This isn't just like the, our main character wins. Yeah. You know, there's and enough extra. What's great, which I know they will explore later on is like, we don't know what it's what the life of a winner is like. We see that Woody yeah. Harrelson is like definitely has a cushy lifestyle, but I don't remember what district he's from or even if they say. I don't think that they said. So like maybe he's from a higher one, so whatever. Yeah. But they're from the lowest one. Yeah. So how does that affect them? And then Woody Harrelson says to her like, you know, they're not happy about what you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you like showed the upper hand. So it's like, oh, what do they how like how do they respond by not being happy with someone? Yeah. Especially from the lowest caste system. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, and then the movie, one of the ending things is that Wes Bentley, who's like been the leader of the games, walks into this room and there's just a bowl with the poison berries in it, and the room is locked. I think that's so cool. What does that mean though? He, the that Donald Sutherland put them there so that he would kill himself. Okay. Okay. Beca- I'm just making sure if that's yeah. it or not something else. Yeah, because in, because I thought he was going to walk into the room, Donald Sutherland, like, shoot him or something. Yeah. But having the boulder is so much more poetic. Yeah. And, like, it feels more like, oh, this is, like, a an epic, like, story about kings. I, I yeah, guess yeah, it yeah. feels, like, old in a very interesting way. And um, when I saw that, I was, like, impressed that the movie would trust a teen audience that much to, like, figure that out. Because I know it's not, like, that crazy to figure out, but it's just, like, oh, they didn't, like, hold their hands. There wasn't a scene where he was, like, I had Mr. Bentley eat the poison berries. They just yeah. did it. I would say uh, the subject matter is much darker than typical young adult stuff. Yeah. There is some, like, dark young adult stuff that I have read as a young adult. Yeah. And so it, it's, like, when you think of young adult, a lot of times we think of twilight type things that are just brainless <laughs> yeah. romance novels but there is there is a subgenre of young adult that takes on real issues yeah i mean another like one of the classics is the giver yeah which, what which is, is that about it's i i read it a long time ago but it's, i believe it's like you i think it's similar dystopian future and i don't think you have senses like i or oh, i don't okay. think you have the sense of feeling or tasting or smelling like you're you're deprived of certain things okay and i i sorry i'm sure so many people who listen to this have read this book because it's like so famous Uh but i believe that this kid is given some of these things okay so it's like the implications of something so simple yeah so this i think falls under that too yeah and i'm sure that like divergent does the same things the maze runner does similar themes yeah Obviously, not all of them can be good, but <laughs> yeah. it's like this one definitely takes on some very big issues, mm-hmm. and it doesn't see. It seems to not cater to the audi- to the reader. No, no. So I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the movie? No. 
I, don't, I think I've talked too much. I think I've talked too much. I think people are going to be bored with this one. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't think so. Baby, this is like the huge. Okay. We're killing long. it. It's long, but it's not that much longer than our long episode. Uh-oh. Um, so, to wrap up, folks, um, patreon.com slash micamacaw. Join in. If you, uh, if you join, you can get your monthly exclusive um, Macaw Podcast Universe episode. You can also get access to my music and stuff like that, depending on which tier. Um, we have reached our goal of 10 patrons. So if you get on now, we're probably still doing a bracket to figure out which series the patrons are going to choose. So if you want to be a part of that, jump on the Patreon and sign up. Um, so our next series might not be what we had regularly scheduled. It might be the Patreon exclusive. Um, and then finally, um, we have our one year episode coming up. And if you would like us to, if you want to maybe send us like anything that you've liked about the show or stuff like that, we'll either read it. Maybe, well, we won't read it. You'd have to send it to us recorded and we'll play it at the end of the episode. If you have any fun thoughts about the show or anything like that. Anyway, see you guys next week when we go and catch some fire. Huh? Bye. <laughs>